This episode of Control-Alt-Delete is brought to you by Braintree. Even the best mobile app won't work without the right payments API. That's where Braintree V.0 SDK comes in. One amazingly simple integration gives you every way to pay. But don't just take our word for it. Try it out in the sandbox and see for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash Walt. Hello, and welcome to Control-Alt-Delete. A power PC ready podcast from the Verge. <laughs> that's good. It's from, that's from Mac Fixer on on Twitter. Yay, Mac uh, Fixer. At Mac Fixer. Um, somehow I, some I have a terrible feeling he's still running Power PC. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's. But he's a wonderful guy. I, or I don't she, mean, we don't know. We don't. Or well, she, I guess it's or avatars. She, a, or she. Avatars. Could a, be either way. Anyway, we're glad for for Mac Fixer. Uh, I'm Neil Patel. I'm the editor in chief of the Verge. I'm joined as always, not a surprise because he's already been talking. Walt Mossberg, <laughs> yep, Verge executive editor, co-founder of Recode. How's it going, Walt? Uh, uh, it's been. I've been talking all day. Yeah, all day. me too. So if you guys hear us just start stuttering on repeat like a broken <laughs> dot matrix printer, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah, on this show today. Yeah, uh, but we're going to get into it a little bit because Walt wrote about email this week. And I didn't tell him this, but I have many, 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 many thoughts about email. So, well, why don't you tell us sort of what sparked you to write about email and what, what you what you reviewed? It was kind of a review this week. Yes, it was a review. Um, so here's here's what sparked me. Uh, you know that I have been chiding Apple in a couple of columns now uh, for, I think, letting their once – not just superior, but actually sort of amazingly great mobile software, um, and actually also some of their desktop core apps, gradually decline. I mean, they haven't turned to complete shit, but they're, <laughs> they're you know, they have too many bugs, they have too many missing features, yeah. you know, on and on and on. So Yeah, there's a report this morning, uh, just on that note, report this morning in Bloomberg, they're going to totally reboot Apple Music. Well, who called for that? I did. Yeah, and right. Ev- but it's it's a it's a sign, and yeah. everyone. They, but but that they should have done. They just shouldn't. Th- that report in Bloomberg. This is another whole podcast, probably. But I uh, talked about it, be- it strains between them and Beats, and them not really ever fully integrating it. And I, I mean, you could just see that first version of Apple Music was a compromise and a committee thing. And I liked Beats by itself, mm-hmm. and I liked uh, the. The music app on uh, iOS, but I think putting them together was kind of a Frankensteinish thing. So anyway, back to email. Um, yeah. So I, one of my prime gripes about let them letting their core apps decline, I think, was Mail, and one of the key parts of that was not handling Gmail very well. And it may well, they say it's Google's fault for deviating from standards or changing things up. And I think, you know, that might be true, but that doesn't relieve a giant company like Apple, uh, which is selling, you know, hundreds of millions of phones with a native uh, default email app that you can't change the default from doing a very good job with the most what has become the most popular email service in the world. Uh, even if Google did some technical thing that is their fault. So, I mean, it's up to Apple to figure out how to get around it. And a bunch of small companies have done so. Uh, mm-hmm. And so The Verge has followed a number of them, uh, but I discovered one that hadn't, you know, 
has just launched and we hadn't written about and I, I not that that would stop me but uh, and uh, that I I thought had some really interesting features uh, and it's called it has a terrible name uh, the, the, <laughs> the company is called easily do at it's one word and it that name stems from it's way too much on the nose but it stems from the fact that they had and they have actually still and I haven't reviewed it an assistant app uh, so they built some of the uh, machine learning and AI from that assistant app into a full-fledged email client. And it's called uh, Mail, Easily Do Mail, <laughs> or Mail from Easily Do. Although on, when it, uh, on your phone, the icon labels itself email, which is very strange. Uh, all of that is a mess, I gotta say. All of that part is a mess, but it, it's a yeah. very good app. Uh, not flawless, but very good. And it, you know, it's version one. They they have a very ambitious update schedule uh, in mind, and it'll be coming to Android later this year. It'll be coming to iPad uh, later this year. Uh, and I think the sexiest feature in it is that it unsubscribes you with one click from subscriptions. So the so basically. The AI piece of it goes and parses your email into travel emails and it gives you a card, uh, extracts all the key information about your flight and gives you a card that shows that. Uh, it, it does the same with bills. It does the same with uh, you know entertainment or events where you get a confirmation email. And, and to be honest, there are some other email clients, one in particular, Google Inbox, does some of that. But the thing they do that no, that I've never seen inside an email client is mass collection of subscriptions you hate. That's what yep. they should have called it. Not they they actually do allow you to star some and say this keep this one. It's one of my favorites. But the other ones you can you can just click 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 on an unsubscribe thing, and it's very satisfying. They even do an animation that says, you're unsubscribed. You don't have to <laughs> You don't have to look around for the link at the bottom and go to the web and, you know, you know answer that usual question, well, why did you unsubscribe? Did you never sign up for this? Does it cover the screen? Why, you know, no. You just, it just does it for you, and it's right there. And that's a great use of, of, uh, of AI and and smarts uh, in an e in an email app, and it and it covers all the other bases really well too. You can you can quickly mark everything read or unread. You can delete things on uh, in groups. It, it it's very good. It's very very good. And he, and it's super fast. Uh, in my tests, uh, and you you know that or the reader should know that the Verge and uh, is uh, like many many other businesses today is on Gmail, a form of Gmail with our own domain, but it's Gmail. And right. uh, Apple Mail particularly doesn't do a good job with that, as I mentioned. These guys, uh, I watched and waited, sent test mails and watched and waited, and they popped up with a notification that a new uh, uh, entry had been received on my Gmail accounts faster than the native iOS Gmail app written by Google, faster than Outlook, which is another very good client that we like a lot. And mm -hmm. and certainly, I mean, you know, Apple Mail wasn't even in the race because you have to actually launch it. It can only uh, go out and fetch when you when you manually uh, launch it uh, and, and look. So yes. um, 
Uh, well, let me ask you, because th- there's a conceptual difference there, right? Which kind of might explain Apple's problems with a service like Gmail. It does... I can't believe I'm going to say the name. It's such a bad name. Does easily to mail... When you log into the app, are you giving their server permission to talk to Gmail? No. Or is no, the app they, talking to Gmail actually, directly? They've actually done a very smart thing that I didn't have room to get into, uh, uh, frankly. What they've done – and I always like to save a little for the podcast, of course. Uh, yeah. They um, It's a multimedia experience. Some of these – it is. Some of these apps uh, do this, as you said, from the cloud. They substitute their server as kind of a proxy for you. And that's the way they get around the oddity of Gmail's instantiation or version of IMAP. Because, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, Apple Mail works pretty well with other kinds of IMAP. Uh, it's just that other kinds of IMAP don't have a billion users like Gmail. Uh, so these guys do have a server that gets in the middle, but it does not actually retrieve the email. It just notifies the app to go get it. And it does it in a split second. They emphasize this is all done on the phone. It stores no email on in the cloud, and it does not pretend to be you for the purpose of – it just looks for emails coming into your account and tells the client on the phone, hey, there's an email for Neelai, and boom, oh, it goes and gets it. And it's very fast. It's very – it's wicked fast, as we, yeah. as we say where I come from in New England, <laughs> where, the, where the Red Sox currently are in first place in the AL East. I got to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the listener behind the curtain. I was at the bunch of Vox Media advertising events today. Yeah, I heard. Uh, SB Nation had theirs. Mm-hmm. Doug Flutie. Got to meet and hang out with Doug Flutie. For oh, my season. God. One of my heroes. Boston football players. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. It was a whole thing. It was, it was crazy. He told me all about how he, uh, he goes surfing. Apparently he loves to surf now. Yeah, I really don't care about the surfing. I mean, geez. <laughs> anyway, by the, by the way, where, does, where is he surfing? Off Cape Cod? He, now he lives in Florida. Oh, it, was, it was seriously like, uh, this is so behind the curtain for the. Uh, he walks in the room and like everyone wants to go talk to Doug Flutie. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but yeah, there, there's some uh, Boston football trivia for you. Okay, good. Uh, a- any, anyway, anyway, <laughs> the other the other thing they are very very fast at is search. Which again, I can remember when Apple when the iPhone first came out and the Mail app. I might not have been version one, but it was pretty early. Their native mail app was the fastest thing I'd ever seen at search, and it did a great job. And now it's just one of the slowest and least reliable, which is even worse. Right. I mean, I'll very often I will search for something there, and then I'll just give up because I know it was somewhere, but it doesn't come up with any results. Then I'll go over to some other app like the Gmail app, and it will find it because, after all, Google is good at search. Uh, right. These guys are very good at search, too. And, and and so they're searching the local database of mail on your phone. Yeah, this is actually fascinating to me. Whether the mail is in well, the phone all the time. The, remember, the mail is IMAP, so it isn't right. all on your phone. A lot of it is on the mm-hmm. server, but not their server. It's on the right. server. Google it's server. on Google server, or if it's Yahoo, it's on Yahoo server, whatever. And or app, if it's iCloud, it's on Apple server. But um, they do a very fast, good job on search. In fact, if I search. You can search for many things, of course. You can search for just a word in the, in the mail or the subject or whatever. But if you search – if I search for your name, it will even give me a result which splits – gives me two tabs, 
I can look for males uh, without putting the search term in first. It will auto sort it in a in a nanosecond so that um, I can look for one, for emails sent to you or emails received from you, and that's right. pretty cool. But so we're describing like core functionality of mail. This is why it's so interesting. Email to me is one of the original functions of the internet. It is the it was the first great value proposition for the internet user, even before the web. Uh, I my first email experiences all happened in a command line in college, uh, in links. That was uh, there's another one. Pine I think was the other one that I used. Yep. Uh, and it is, it is. You can't defeat it. You know, we did a whole show on Slack a couple weeks ago. We did. Uh, and talked about the balance between email and Slack. But email, it, it, it persists because it is universal almost, you know, I, I think the, the sign of a device getting too complicated is when it starts to add an email client, right? It, but it's so important that it's, it seems natural that you want it everywhere because it, it's such a fundamental piece of the, the internet experience. And I think we all take it kind of for granted. And then you look at, an app like this one, you look at Gmail that launched in like 2004, and it, you know, the idea that you weren't going to delete all the email, that they were going to give you a gigabyte of storage, and you could just save it all and search it, that was revolutionary. And you see all of the sort of revolutions of email stack up, and that it's still a core piece of the experience. It's a core capability that, you know, your main computer has to have in order for you to access everything. But the basic questions about it are still the same. How do I look? Does it look good? Am I getting too much garbage? How do I search it? How do I filter what's important? And you see all these little companies building apps on the iPhone sort of around the email experience because they can't become the default app, but they can add so much value that you'll just use their app instead. And I I just wonder, is are we ever going to solve these problems? Like, I mean, the... The big shift was putting all the email in the cloud and letting scanning happen in the cloud so you could filter the stuff more effectively. Right. But even then, there's like, now now you got privacy issues. I, I just don't know if it can be solved. No, I don't think it can ever be completely solved. And if it was, uh, it wouldn't be good for you and me because we need to be able to bitch about it and, <laughs> and, disco- well, and discover new apps that try to, you know, do it do it better or help you help you through it better. Um, look, in, 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 I think it's true of every every communications medium that's invented, digital communications medium, uh, even postal mail, frankly, needs <laughs> need, needs <laughs> scanning and sorting, except you do it manually and you and you and you now default to assuming it's almost all junk. Uh, you're right. like utterly amazed when something important is in the postal mail. But um, uh, you know, Slack, we talked about Slack having overload and, you know, the wrong channels and people, uh, no threading. And I mean, that that whole uh, column and podcast was really about how do I make my way through this bunch of information? Same problem that email has. Um, so it's interesting about this app and something like Inbox is that it reads your mail for you and then presents you another kind of information, which is I really want to use inbox, but I'm always worried that I'm, it's going to miss something in the, it's, you know, it's going to get the flight confirmation email and then show me a card, but I'm going to miss something in it's re-rendering of the flight information. Does that ever strike you as a problem? Well, uh, it does. 
and it could happen in easily do. <laughs> <laughs> they got to change that. I, I mean, if, if the easily do people are. We got to work that into the title of this podcast somehow. I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> Walt and Neli easily do it. Um, uh, nope. Nope. See, that's bad. That's, that is bad. That's really bad. Uh, <laughs> see, I mean, that's why it's a terrible name. Anyway, um, yeah. in the uh, app that I reviewed today, uh, today the day we're rec- recording this podcast, they do abstract the card with the flight information and other kinds of information. And they, by the way, they plan to add other categories to the four or five they have. Uh, but they also still show you the original email right below it. And I think Inbox does as well. So if you think that some information is missing or was wrong in the abstracted card, you could always click on the other email. Right. If, on the other hand, you, you, you find that it is accurate and is accurate and is accurate and is accurate, then you, you, know, then you're, you, you are saved the, the other step of opening the original. Um, yeah. But that to me is the thing. It's it's as the signal to noise ratio of email has shifted over the past few years, you definitely want the computer to do more of the work of helping you get rid of the, the bad stuff by unsubscribing for you. And there's a great service called unroll.me, which does that for you as well. Um, and then finding what's actually important in the signal and showing that to you. As you just said, the ratio of signal to noise has changed. Uh, at one point, there was a gigantic surge. There were several gigantic surges in spam, which were beaten back, not totally, but to levels where they were less annoying. Uh, but now what has happened, I think, is something different, which is that people are shifting to other forms of communication like uh, texting and uh messaging and uh, Slack and whatever, you know, whatever you use uh, as an inside your company uh, chat system. And yeah, I, mean, I know lots of people who only have an email address to, you know, get receipts and things. And well, yeah, but that's, the, but that's the thing. I mean, because what you're finding is the volume of stuff in your email, it's, it's a little bit like postal mail, as I mentioned before. It's not quite there, of course. Uh, every single day, for instance, I get emails that are not not nearly as many as I used to, but every th- single day I get emails that are personally important. But more interestingly, I get, I don't know, what do we get? Six or eight, 10, 12 Verge emails, yeah. which could have been done in Slack. I'm not sure why they are done in email. Sometimes it's because the initial... Uh, information came in the form of an email, so it's just easier to, you know, uh, forward it to a group of people and reply right. up, reply all. Well, there's all this sort of like emergent etiquette over what kind of conversation goes here and what goes there, and it, it, we could talk about that for days. Right, but if, it, um, but, if, but if the important personal and business stuff moves off of email, even though some of it stays, but if but com- again, compared to five years ago, there's much less of it on there then I think the signal-to-noise ratio problem gets worse because the advertisers haven't stopped uh, using email. <laughs> no, they haven't. And, 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 right. and, the, and the marketers, and you know, there are these companies, Constant Contact is one, I think, and uh, I've never used any of them, but uh, you know, that, or maybe I have, actually, when I think about it now for... Well, you set up a direct mail system, Well, No. I would, we should do that. No, we should. Well, we have, I hate to tell you, but I'm pretty sure uh, the Vox 
the Verge newsletter, the Recode newsletter, right. the right, right, emails right. about the code conferences that I'm involved in. Uh, all those things are I don't know. I mean, the staff—they're automated in some. Our, our, our great staffs figure out how to do that, but um, it's automated in some way. But you know, that kind of stuff is in your now. Ours, of course, are super important, and no one should ever unsubscribe. But never, ever, never, ever. But um, <laughs> but you know, there is a problem, and these apps are trying to solve it. But it does involve scanning. All right, so let's take a quick break for our first ever mid-show ad. Everyone pause reverently and listen to the following <laughs> advertisement and then we'll come back and I've, I want, we got to get into scanning but I actually have a really really wild story about the fight against spam that I want to tell. So let's take a quick break for an ad here. Six months ago it was all about top line growth but today you can't raise if you can't acquire customers and show a path to profitability. That's why the smartest minds in consumer tech are choosing Oxford Road, the fastest growing ad agency in consumer tech. Their clients acquire tens of thousands of new customers every week through TV, radio, and podcasts, like this one. Because Oxford Road's media plans are informed by over $100 million of performance data, all campaigns are measured and managed using best-in-class attribution methodologies from multiple sources, and creative message development, scoring, and optimization that you can only get through their proprietary method, Audiolytics. It's something you cannot get anywhere else. So find out if you qualify for Oxford Road services right now and get a free needs analysis and demonstration of the analytics platform. Go to OxfordRoad.com scale today before your investors ask why you haven't. That's OxfordRoad.com scale. Okay, so I was at a conference last week and I heard this amazing story about how Microsoft and a bunch of other companies tried legally to fight spam in sort of the early 2000s. So I want to, I want to tell that story because it's amazing. And then I want to talk about scanning because they're, they're actually kind of related. So Microsoft obviously ran Hotmail, right? Right. Um, well, they bought they, it, they, but yeah. They, they bought it, but it was, it was theirs. And the, you know, Walt, earlier you were talking about the amazing first waves of spam to hit email. And they were, they were ridiculous. And there are obviously now there's technological solutions to solve it. There's the server side stuff that we need to get into, the scanning, this and that, the filtering. But one of Microsoft's strategies was legal, which is I always find personally amazing um, or personally interesting. Uh, and this one, they found the companies that were spamming, the spammers, and they sued them using an ancient legal doctrine called trespass to chattels, which is basically Whoa. If, if I have a farm and you plant a huge tree and it blocks the sun on my crops, you know, you haven't actually injured me, but you've interfered with my ability, my economic ability with my property to, you know, to, to fully get the value of, of my property. So Microsoft uses this crazy doctrine. Uh, I mean, it's like ancient. And they sue the spammers and say, you're pushing so much email through our data centers that our hard drives are failing, we're using more power, we're generating more heat, the life cycle of the server is going down, and they just push it. I mean, some of them work, some of them don't. I mean, it's if you go just, like, everyone should Google this because it's like ancient history now, but it was, that was their argument. And it was, that's how big of a problem it was. They could legitimately Did they go win? to court. They won some of them, they lost some of them. You know, it's like trespass to chattel online for... You know, there's like other things you can sue about now. There's like I mean, better laws. I mean, laws. it really reminds me of there's like the, there's like abuse laws in this of the FBI using the All Writs Act. I mean, you know, uh, it's interesting, right? 
Right, but so you know the law. It's been a decade. The law has sort of caught up and allowed this to happen. But what's more interesting, um, I mean, I, but that's how bad the problem was. And oh, you know, it was it was it was incredible. But to get to get to the real solution, what happened was, and I actually I, I would credit Google with this. I don't know if you agree, but I would credit Google with this. When they when they moved to the Gmail model, they said we're going to do. All of the computation in the cloud, we're going to give you full storage. We're going to learn from the volume of everybody's email. We're going to scan it so that we can keep spam away from you and kind of like move it out of the way better. But we're in exchange for doing that, we're going to scan for keywords and put ads on the side. So I've got Waltz, a column from Waltz here uh, from May 6, 2004. Uh, Clean image is so key to Google's success, so why take the Gmail risk? Uh, And here... Google is risking its reputation for honesty and putting the user first with a new email service it's currently developing called Gmail. The Gmail service, which I've been testing, offers users free email with a massive storage limit of one gigabyte, far more than any other competitor <laughs> provides. It's incredible. There's a catch, however. Google intends to run ads down the side of email messages in Gmail, just as it does in search. Gmail ads will be triggered by keywords in its body of text, in this case, text of email. Uh, so if the email I get refers to a kind of product, I might get an ad for a store that solves a problem. The problem here isn't confusion between ads and editorial. It's that Google is scanning your private email to locate the keywords that generate the ads. This seems like an invasion of privacy. So it's 12 years later. Do you still think it's an invasion of privacy? Uh, I do. But I, I, think, I think the argument's been lost. And uh, I think there's so much other scanning going on that is beneficial to the user as opposed to purely beneficial to the See, the thing about that was you, you made it sound like a trade. I think that them doing uh, anti-spam was a table stakes thing that they had to do, and they did do it very well, although I would point out that without the cloud thing, Apple at the beginning, in the first few years, both on desktop and mobile, had fantastic junk filtering. Uh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't actually know what, how they did it or what the algorithms were, there, but they were excellent. So it was possible to do it without the cloud. But Google, you know, the cloud thing certainly helped. And everyone else uh, now does it in the cloud. Um, I, I still think it's, it's somewhat of an invasion of privacy. Now, I will tell you that when I was writing that, and, and we should point out that most of that column, the vast bulk of that column was praise for Google in search mm-hmm. for not mixing advertising uh, paid search results with organic search results. At that time, most of the other search engines, uh, including Yahoo, were um, not telling the user uh, what was an organic result and what was a paid result, except in some cases in some way that was too hard to figure out. It was a little bit like the native advertising issues that we all know now. Uh, where some sites handle them well, including ours, and some don't. But So I was praising Google, uh, and that's why the headline sounds funny, when a wide-risk, clean reputation or whatever. Uh, and so uh, what I was calling for, and I stressed it in a column the next year when Yahoo uh, made significant changes to Yahoo Mail, was uh, just at least give me an option where I can pay a certain amount a year, which had been the previous practice, 
and you won't scan my email. Right. Uh, the story I would tell you behind that comp. But is it not scan your email or not scan your email and then show me ads? Not scan right. the email to the extent Period. that you're looking for things. Yeah, I, 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 look, I admit in retrospect I may have been a little inconsistent because I certainly wanted them to scan it for for spam and junk. But to me, scanning it for keywords that could generate ads was a s- step too far at the time. And uh, still, I, you know, if I had my choice, I would not do that. Uh, I gotta say, I have never clicked on an ad in Gmail. I have no idea how they make money with Gmail. No, I, I never have either. Uh, I have in, in search, although not very much. Um, I will tell you, the story I will tell you is that Sergey Brin got on the phone with me for an hour to wow. argue about that issue at before I published the column. Uh, you know, I called them. Uh, I, I had an ongoing uh, discussion with them about it, and finally they asked me if I would talk to him. And he got on the phone. He was quite, you know, he he was pretty open minded. He was pretty insistent, but he was willing to listen and. Uh, he just said, look, these are computers looking at it. I think I might have even – I hope I put that in the com- one of those two columns. It's in here. Yep. And the computers, the computers can't figure out the meaning of the words in the English, in the email. So they really don't know what you're saying to your girlfriend or your mother or your enemy or your friend or whatever in the email. They're just looking for keywords and that's it. Now, today, I think – their AI is much better, and it, I'm not saying they do this. I want to be clear, but they could do it. And in a way, the scanning that is beginning to happen, some of these new apps like Inbox and Easily Do, just stop, Still stop so snickering. It's so bad. <laughs> uh, is well, you know what they what they call themselves? Uh, did I say what they call themselves on the phone when you no. when you install it? The name under the icon. Oh, it's email. It just, I, I it's, thought you meant when you call yeah, them on the phone. No, it says email. And it's so it's incredible. It's, it, it, it's like, oh, this is my email app, you know? <laughs> it's also, it, so they're not, they're, it's a little, they're not so great at the naming of the company, but they're pretty smart at the naming of the icon. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, those guys are certainly understanding context. And again, right. they may not actually. They may actually, you know, be reading other other kind. They may just be looking only for things that tell them it's travel. They may, you know, like the names of all the airlines or the names of all the companies, like the one our company uses that you know set up corporate travel, whatever. That may be what they're looking for. Uh, they probably would. Right, s- but but this is the big debate, right? It's that kind of learning gets better when it's fed many more inputs so you want it all to happen in the cloud so you know you can map out all these connections that's like google's entire dna is trying to get as much information as it can in 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 the cloud so it can figure out how to be more useful to you and sell more advertising or you can try to do it all on the phone and maybe it'll be not quite as good and it's that to me that is the entire debate kind of raging in, in the industry with privacy right now is we can help you so much more. I mean, just Google Now, I think, is the great example. I think they haven't done a great job with Google Now. I, you know, I think it had much more promise than the execution so far. Yes, has, has I completely agree with that. But the fundamental premise is amazing. Google's going to look at your email. They're going to look at your calendar. They're going to 
look at this, that, the other thing, and then they're going to, you know, the, the system, the AI is going to prompt you with information and help you yeah. strategically throughout the day. That is a great idea if you are accepting of the, of the fact that Google will know everything that you're up to. Yeah. No, it, it, can, it's true. They And I think, honestly, they need a much more prominent, actually verbose, I don't mean legalese, but verbose in plain English explanation of exactly what they do know, what they don't know, what they do with what they know, that kind of stuff. And right, and this isn't, I think we're using Google as the example because Gmail, Gmail is the back end for this app and we, you know, we talked about it with Apple. But it's really any, any of these email providers. It's, it's actually the thing, is, as the signal to noise problem gets worse, you want, to, you want your email provider to do more and more filtering for you. And the question of where that filtering is and what it looks like and how they put money next to that filtering is, there's, it's 10 years after Gmail, and it's still kind of wide open in my mind. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, I'm not sure what the solution is, except maybe better disclosure. Or to go back to what I said 10 years ago or 12 years ago, give me an option where I can pay for somewhat less intrusiveness or no intrusiveness, but just deliver me the email. I'll opt out of all the other other benefits uh, because I don't want my email scanned. Now, most people probably wouldn't take that, but some would. I don't know. Uh, but you're right that there's, this is this is the heart of a big debate between Apple and Google right now, not just on email, but on everything. Uh, where Apple is saying, like Apple brought out a thing called Proactive, uh, which I don't notice much or use much. But then again, then again, I don't use Google Now very much either, where uh, they're saying we can do on the phone similar things to what Google is doing by, by just snarfing up all this information in the cloud about you. And I, frankly, without meaning to insult, the Apple engineers don't think ultimately it'd be possible to replicate the vast amount of knowledge Google has from uh, all of its services being cloud-based and and collecting all the information uh, by uh, just kind of sifting through what's on your phone. Even if even if as I'm sure it's, I would I would bet Apple is doing it in some very ca- careful way, which also you know puts limits uh, on what they can do. It's it's there. They demoed it. I could find it on my phone, I suppose, if I looked, and you could too. But uh, it's there, actually. If you swipe uh, to the left from the home screen on an iPhone, and same place where you do search or it shows you the last few apps you've used or the last few people you've contacted, if you look below it, I think those are the proactive things. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I only notice it. I notice it every day, but only in one specific instance, which is I use a very specific alarm clock app. So every night I go to turn it on, and every night series like here it is, like it's waiting for you. Uh, that's great. That's a little bit, you know. It's it's not it's not quite as my phone knows me as I think. Even every other intelligent assistant type thing is trying to figure out how to deliver more useful to you, more more useful information to you more often. Uh, and it's funny because to me the hardest problem set is email. And yeah, you know, if you were to hire a a regular human assistant. If you were to hire a person and come and be your assistant, the f- the first thing you might do in a professional setting is give that person access to your email to make sure it's handled because you get so much of it. It's funny that with the and you, that there's an enormous amount of trust that goes along with that. Obviously, 
it's funny that the first thing you might want to do with a digital assistant is do that as well. But the the kind of trust and the sort of velocity and the vector of that trust is very different because it's aimed at a huge corporation that wants to monetize it. Yeah, and it Absol- it's absolutely just different. right. Absolutely right. And yet, if you own an iPhone, uh, you still have a problem, which is that the core native default email app uh, is behind the times and has some flaws. I, me- I mentioned in the column that I have had uh, an outgoing message stuck in my outbox on Apple Mail <laughs> since April 10th. Uh, I, didn't, I, I said over three weeks, but it's actually April 10th. Um, you know, uh, I've complained to them about it. There, I've gotten no solution. It's not. It's a first world problem. It's even not even. I'm not. It's a sort of trivial in some ways first world problem. But I think it's a sign that, you know, that didn't, wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't expect that of an Apple product. Um, right. uh, wouldn't have expected it a few years ago, and now little things like that. Keep keep happening. Like it doesn't. It's very slow to. If if I'm in another app, the Gmail app or this new uh, mail app I wrote about, or Outlook or something, and I mark an IMAP email, whether it's Gmail or Yahoo or something else, as as read or deleted or unread or whatever I do with it, the corresponding action does not get communicated or acted upon by Apple's client till a little while. I mean, it's a little slow on coordinating with all that, and it should be almost instant. And if you have several of these on your phone, which, you know, I'm sure most normal people don't, but if you have several, you can actually watch by the badge count indicators how slow the Apple one is compared to the others, even to notice, even to get rid of, say, say you read, you have three emails unread and you read them, they should all very quickly go to a badge count of nothing. But the Apple one is the last always to do that. And so yeah. that's what spur- spurred me to write this column, and it's what has spurred The Verge to write other articles about alternatives. And I don't think on Android, you're not looking for alternatives as much. You might be looking because you don't like the way the native Gmail app looks or functions. And somebody else says, you know, like I say, these guys that I wrote about this morning are doing an Android version. uh, And they do more than Gmail. I mean, one of the things about the Gmail app is that it's it's Gmail-centric. But um, but I think on Android, you know, you so much buy into every every cloud-based Google service as your main thing that you're not as likely to look for other things. Right. And that's actually another – it's like a whole other podcast. You know, email is supposedly standards-based, right? It's, it's suppo- there was right. Once upon a time, there was Pop and now there's IMAP. And it's supposed to be that you can sign up for any provider and then use any client and – you can kind of pick your client at will. But now the integrations between the client and the back-end service are getting tighter and tighter and tighter, um, which is the exactly what Apple's complaining about with Google and Gmail. And it's just funny to see other companies try to evolve around that sort of tight connection because email is supposed to be the most open of these communications protocols. But as as times have changed, that it's you know the the walls have gone up not a lot but just a little bit well yeah i mean you know the outlook and some of the others use uh the cloud-based 
proxy – I think Outlook uses this. I don't want to malign them. But I, you know, a number of these guys use this cloud-based proxy thing you mentioned uh, a while ago where they pretend to be you in the cloud. And this company I wrote about this morning, whose name I'm not going to repeat, is, <laughs> is, uh, is using it to the extent of notifying the client uh, on the phone. Uh, so they have to work around Google's differences from standard normal uh, IMAP. Right. And that, I think, every viewer, every listener knows, ending on a, a sad note about IMAP standards is where every good <laughs> podcast comes to an end. <laughs> no, it's all, I got to say, email, I, I, we can, as we can talk about for another hour, it's, it is the hardest problem. It's one of the original problems of the internet and remains one of the hardest to nail exactly right. But it, I don't think it will ever go away. It's, it's, the backbone of so many different things, and it's the one thing that you can always count on. So the, it, there's always a drive to make it better. And I think you're exactly right. You know, Apple's just they they've sort of forgotten that this is a core piece of the iPhone experience. Right now, maybe they'll surprise us in at WWDC with some fantastic overhaul of the email app. I, I don't know. Um, I have one more thing to say. One last thing to say about email. The hardest problem in email. Email is a hard problem. And the hardest problem in email is unsubscribing from a 20-year-old AOL account. That is the hardest problem. Finding a phone number or some email address or some (laughs) way to get rid of that AOL account. AOL is never going down, man. They're going to keep – they're probably still charging both of us for dial-up somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Once in, a while, once in a while, my wife will say, why is there an AOL charge on the credit card bill? And, you know, it's usually not much, but, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I, I But I don't know how to cancel it, so it's just, you know, like <laughs> the amount of time it would take me to cancel it is not worth, you know, the – <laughs> you know the four dollars, the four dollars on the credit card bill or something, but whatever. That company, man, what is Verizon going to do with that? That's another whole podcast. Anyway, I, we we do got to wrap this one up. I know it's a little bit short, but you can talk about email for this long, or you can you can go for days. Uh, but here's some something exciting. There are other podcasts in the Vox Media family, and Walt, you were a guest on another podcast this week. I was. I w- I was privileged to be the guest on Kara Swisher's. Recode Decode podcast. Uh, you know, Karen and I have been uh, close friends and, and business partners for uh, started a couple of companies together and, and have known each other for 20 years. And she usually interviews, you know, really important figures in tech. She must have run out because <laughs> I, I was asked to be her guest on her podcast that will run next week. And uh, it was a lot of fun. But that's, but that's people great. should listen to it even when I'm not the guest. It's usually better, actually. Recode, <laughs> Recode Decode. Recode Decode. And then also in the, the Recode family, there's uh, Recode Media, Peter Kafka, which is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Too Embarrassed to Ask with Lauren Good. Uh, and then on the Verge side, there's Vergecast, which I host. Uh, that happens on Thursdays live and then comes out later. Uh, there is What's Tech with Chris Plant. And there's Verge ESP with Emily Ushida and Liz Pato. You can also... Talk to me and Walt on Twitter, which for some reason is a preferred way of talking to the increasingly limited number of fans on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, I yeah. stop running Twitter. <laughs> anyway, it's Walt at, at Walt Mossberg. 
I'm at Reckless. We love it. We love it when you send us intros. It is seriously, saving those intros is some of the most fun I have all week. So see, keep sending us notes. Keep asking questions. Keep sending us intros. We love that. Uh, and you can also email us. And if you are listening to the show, I, I'm, I'm confident that you can find our email addresses, and we love getting those too. Uh, so that's it. That was another fun show, Walt. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. I wouldn't miss it. I love it. <laughs>